Mandalorian Winners and Losers, and The Great Yoda Drought of 1980. Our kids love Log. Tis the podcast, Log. Yes, Log. Of the Star Wars Collector's Archive, Log. Whenever the Star Wars Collector's Archive publishes a new blog, this podcast will log its contents, interview its writers, and go deeper. It's the Kivecast Blog Log Pod. You, sir, are a mouthful. Relax and just take life easy for a little while. Because it's only last for a little while. All right, Steve. Okay, Steve, we, we don't do intros on these blog log pods, so I'm recording now. I, <laughs> I I hit the wrong button. I was like, Steve, you ready to go? He's like, yes, I am. And then I hung up on him. <laughs> that's that's how a blog log 13 is going to start. We're, yes. we're, we're ready. Yeah. Yeah. 13th blog log, you, uh, you texted me like 10 minutes ago saying the power went out. <laughs> um, yeah. so, it's good. I'm, I'm kicking back. I've decided to never use the Emperor Burger King cup again. I'm afraid of getting lead poisoning. <laughs> Um, but I am sitting in my emperor chair. Good, good, yeah. Ma- made by Tom Spina Designs. I did not get a discount on that. Um, I'm also right, right near this, uh, this birthday card. So every, every two years, my daughter's birthday is in December, and she's as big of a Star Wars fan as I am. So I make her like a poster design, um, mm-hmm. like based on the current Star Wars poster. So this one, I just took the the image with Vader in the back and made her face all dark and in the background. It's uh, it's pretty cute. So I'm feeling pretty emperory. <laughs> yeah, you're just getting ready. You're just getting ready for for the the proper moment here. It's yes, coming now, up soon. Now we're going to be talking about Ron R. A. Ron Ron Salvatore's blog post about Yoda toys from the '80s. Yes, um, but we're actually going to get there in a little bit of a weird way. Um, we're going to be talking about The Mandalorian. Um, we're not going to give The Mandalorian a full, real episode of Winners and Losers because it's not a movie. Therefore, it's not real Star Wars. Um, <laughs> but uh, and, and we might get to a Winners and Losers uh, of, of Rise of Skywalker, Steve, but uh, all of us have to have seen the movie by then. That's true. Yeah, that's a it's a prerequisite. <laughs> so I'm I'm recording here on a Tuesday, Steve, and and I see on social media. You, okay, yeah, sure. You tell me that you're having a baby before you tell everybody else, but you don't <laughs> tell me that you have tickets to the premiere. What's up with that, Steve? I uh, I didn't want to jinx it. Yeah, I I didn't tell anybody. Um, I uh, yeah, it was it wasn't a sure thing, but I'm really really lucky that we were able to get on a like a seat filler list and we made it. So, yeah, it happened. <laughs> so is that just like through your connections at the academy? No, no, this is a a, a family friend. Um, oh. so it was very very special. Um Do, do you know yeah. what brahi means in Icelandic? <laughs> it means strings. You pull the strings. <laughs> Danley oh, pulls strings. Man. Yeah, that's right. Wow, so that's how you got in. It's it's funny because I think I've told the story a couple times, so I know I have. Um but I went to the charity premiere of Revenge of the Sith. That's in, right. In yeah. Westwood in L.A. And yeah. um, my wife was pregnant with my oldest child. Um, That's right. Yeah. So that was cool because Mark Hamill was in attendance and we got to see Mark Hamill's character being born on screen and that whole thing. Um, and yeah. of course, Dave Winfield was there for inexplicable reasons. 
Um, I believe that's Ron's favorite part of the story. Uh, that might be. That, that, that sounds right. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, I'm yeah. so excited to have Ron back on. Uh, it's, yeah, it's been it's, it's been too long. It's I only think. been like three months, but it 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 really doesn't feel like a show without him. So we're we're not going to talk about Rise of Skywalker. I don't want to know not what yet. you think. I don't want to know yet. what you feel. Um, nope. I got tickets for Thursday. My daughter sold so much popcorn that she gets to go to a special showing just for scouts. Oh, man. Um, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, isn't that really cool? Yeah. Uh, and actually, a weird thing. Have I told you about – I told you the weird connection with her Boy Scout, you know, Scout Troop and uh, our show? I don't think so. I, I, you've told me that she, she joined the Scouts, but I don't, I don't know of any connections. Yeah. To, to so this. she joined the Scouts, Boy Scouts of America. That's the full, right. the full term. And, and one of these guys who's, who's in the troop, uh, my wife told me like, hey, you know, there's a guy there who's really into Star Wars. And I know how this goes. I'm like, mm -hmm, yeah, oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> like, no, no, he's like really into it. And so I'm picturing some guy with a, you know, a red Millennium Falcon t-shirt. You know, tell me the prequels are pretty bad, but uh, you know, Return of the Jedi is also bad. Ewoks, you know, this kind of thing I'm expecting. <laughs> I start talking to the guy. He's like, "Oh, I'm a I'm a droid builder," you know. And, oh, and, that's cool. And I was like, "Oh, he's a droid builder. That's cool." And so I, I I trot out the only fact that I know about droid building, which of course our dearly departed Bob Martinazzi was yeah. the guy who who um, did the. R2-D2 for Obama when Obama watched Force Awakens. Right, um, right. And he's like, oh yeah, I wrote the code for that. He was like, he, he was like, Bob? I'm like, yeah. Wait, what? It's like, yeah, yeah, no, Bob and I communicated for years. This guy who's in my, like, who's in the Scouts troop, like, leadership position, he, like, runs the 501st website. He's like, wow. Like, he's this That's huge crazy. figure in all these areas of of Star Wars-ness that I don't really know about. Um, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. he was out there. He flew out there from Rochester. Uh, his daughter used to troop as a Jawa with him, so that they got huh. to walk the, the red carpet. Sweet. So, That's yeah. awesome. So if you're out there and you're big into 501st and you're listening to this show, if there's some famous guy named Darren, we're on the same <laughs> scout committee. <laughs> I'm a part of the committee, Steve. It's rough. Oh, the committee with a, with a capital C, Yeah, because right? you you're not playing with kids and like, you know, like working on campouts, you're sitting there talking about budget referendums. <laughs> you're taking minutes. You're having motions there, seconded. There, I was gonna say, there's there's motions. <laughs> it's it's like it's it's like all of the bad parts of Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> then my wife's out there uh, with, with my daughter, and they're all having fun, and they're like figuring out how to like bivouac <laughs> and all that stuff. Oh, uh, uh, but you know, yeah. it takes it takes all sorts to run an empire, Steve. True, it's so true. I mean, there's, there's the less uh, exciting side, and and then there's the the crazy evil exciting side. So you gotta have both. <laughs> so yeah. you know, we're gonna we're, we'll talk about Rise of Skywalker. We'll do our traditional yeah, we'll winners and losers. Yeah. So that's been some of our most popular episodes, and the concept is this: we watch the movie a couple times, we think about it for about a week usually. Um, yeah, and and then we comment what vintage figures or accessories or collectibles get the biggest bump from this movie. Um, so you know, like if it's featured and it's featured well, it might get a bump. If it's not featured when it should be, it might be one of the losers. Mm -hmm. um, if it's like you know featured but but poorly, you know, so like all these things kind of go in. It's very subjective, yeah. um, but it's, yes. it's very fun. It is. I, I think these are some of the, like the most fun episodes we've done. That's uh, yeah. yeah isn't I'm it, isn't it terrible, to it. Steve? That like the less we talk about toys, the more fun we have. 
have. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? It, it's it, it provides our our outlet to just be fans. Yes, know? that's true. Uh, it's, it's uh it's a very it's a thinly veiled <laughs> conceit <laughs> so we have about 25 minutes until ron's going to come on and talk about yoda collectibles so right. so let's do this now when i texted you earlier today i said let's call it the mandalorian winners and winners yes um, i i knew exactly what you meant but what did i mean <laughs> I think, steve i mean the vintage exploitation in this tv show is is thick yes. <laughs> it is thick very very thick um i mean i i I, I'm sure you've seen this, but I, I've seen it posted around where I, someone's doing a meme of just a vintage card back, and as each episode airs, they check off or circle things that have been featured. Oh, oh, and, someone uh, is doing that, Steve. Is, is that you? Was that no, you? No, it's that? not me. But oh. the page that you refuse to take part in, the hey, the wait, mock well, page that was on mock. It's Alexander oh. Miller, who's like a prominent okay. member of the mock page. I think yeah. there was like some. I think he's in some beef with someone at some point so i might be pissing off someone by by <laughs> praising him but he's the guy who came up with that idea and oh, every episode okay, so, okay. he just x's it off and i'll have it up on the show notes and on the youtube yeah. version and it's like almost half of the 92 figures of the collect all 92 are x'd off here yeah in like six episodes of, of television <laughs> yeah and just so you know we've only watched the first six episodes um, on that we're equal steve unless you got a special like no, preview no. of the next two seasons <laughs> no 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 so but uh, yeah, yeah so it's it's really it's funny because i don't know like the cynical side of me you know all the star wars fans are happy and <laughs> all of the jerk wads who have been pooping on last jedi and saying <laughs> not my star wars and making fun of lucas and putting down the sequels and all these things that really bother me steve they're yep. all happy Yes, that's true. And on yeah. some level, that should mean that I'm unhappy as this like great defender of Lucas and turns out great defender of Ryan Johnson and J.J. Abrams, for that matter. I, I just, I, I really believe in these filmmakers and I don't like the way they're attacked. Um, yeah, yeah. But it's actually not the case. I yeah. don't think it really is vintage exploitation. <laughs> and I, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why I like it so much. And I do like it very much. You know, the, I, I have this reputation as a contrarian. But again, my favorite movie is Star Wars. I can't be a contrarian. Um, <laughs> only a contrarian would say that. But right. it, if, you know, John Favreau, the, you know, the, basically the primary creator behind the this whole first season yeah, and the, the showrunner, yeah. just said that he like wanted to make a TV show about taking his action figures and playing with them. Right. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing is just like acknowledging that's exactly what it is and not trying to, uh, to really paint it as anything different, you know? Yes. And, and it's, it's a, it's a real different thing than vintage exploitation, which is where you have some super glossy dude who's just out of uh, modeling school and he's there in his tight-fitting Star Wars shirt with his muscles <laughs> yeah. rippling. With an ugnot on it. <laughs> yeah, and, and he's like smiling like, hey, and look what's coming up next from Hasbro. Whoa, remember this? It's your old Darth Vader toy. Like, it, right. it doesn't yeah. feel like it's being created by people who are marketing to our nostalgia. It feels like it's a good artist who has nostalgia and knows how to employ it. So it's not just member berries. It's not just, hey, <laughs> do, do you remember this? It's like taking this kind of weird like constraint, 
which is what if we took vintage action figures and pushed them together and is somehow making art out of it. And, right, yeah. and the, uh, high budget art. High budget art. <laughs> Another meme that I, I saw that I liked, I saw it on Tom Burgess's page, um, was someone recreated the scene of the, the sand crawler by using a vintage sand crawler right. with Jawas on top of it and a Boba Fett climbing up the side. Yeah, I, I saw that as well. Yeah, and, with the little, the little rope. Yeah. And that's the joy of the show, and it truly is joyful. And I, I guess you could be cynical and say it's not joyful, but you have to be trying no. really hard to say that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I say I, I generally agree with you. The, the one time right, I, my eyes had to roll just a little is, and it, it might happen again, is where you get like four or five consecutive shots that are literally just lifted from the original Star yeah. Wars. Like yeah. that, that was a little, a little too much. But I, I generally though, you're, you're right. I, yeah. I, the, it's, it's, there is a genuineness to it. It's not, it's not the, uh, the, you know, but, the, but, the I, but yeah. as far as the winners and losers, Steve, the number yeah. one winner in all of this is Stephen B. Danley and Sky Payne <laughs> because Star Wars, for the first time since Disney bought it, has broken itself free of the goddamn Neil Scanlan curse. <laughs> the real villain of the new Star Wars movies isn't J.J. Jar Jar Abrams or Ruin Johnson. It's this no, right. creature yeah. designer guy who made that Eloasti character and can't do anything else. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's kind of like when the Fraggle aesthetic took over Star Wars too much and everything just looked, look at, looked like a Fraggle. Everything yeah. looks like a Neil Scanlon thing and nothing looks like the old... Like nothing kinda, looks like the kinda old blobby, aliens. Kind of blobby. Kind of yeah. blobby, kind of ill-formed. The thing about yeah. the old Star Wars aliens is they all had like a specific sort of outline and they had kind of outlandish features that you could kind of draw onto. And right. they're not creating new characters, but they're bringing back a lot of these old characters that have that kind of color and interest. And I'm just so happy to not have Neil Scanlon aliens in Star Wars again. That's my one thing where I'm going to be one of those toxic fans yes, <laughs> who yeah. just has an axe to grind with the creature designer. Yeah, yeah. I, you're not alone. I'm sure you're not alone in that either. Um, but yeah, it's it's a, it's definitely a benefit of of this show. Uh, other, I mean, yeah, yeah. And the other thing I would say for us as collectors, I think we're also really winning because. I think this is really healthy for the for the hobby and for the fandom that like I think in order for Star Wars to survive it needs Ryan Johnson it needs people being artists doing controversial things that piss people off like in order for it to like not be a moribund concept right like it should right, be artist driven right. and moving forward but it also does need fan service and just goofy stuff to sell toys and just you know, make the the fifty year old guys in the you know, Millennium Falcon t shirts happy, right? <laughs> like they deserve to be happy too, right? Like yeah. it's not just owned yeah. by you know eggheads like me who spend forty hours trying to explain why you know Phantom Menace is is better than all the Avengers movies put together. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I think it's it's really nice. Like yeah. Johnson gives us what we need. Filoni gives us what we want. I think we're all set. Yeah, it's a it's a spectrum of 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 content that I think it can it can please people in different ways. So yeah, it's all it's all good. Um, picked up picked up on this as well. Is it like it's essentially just 
you know, a repossession of Boba Fett from 1979 and just, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah. it's just, that's it. That's all it is. Um, which is fine. And it's, it's just, uh, it's just funny to think about like, oh yeah, you know, if, if this was like 1980 or whatever, and this TV show was being made, it would just be, it would just be Boba Fett as that kind of character. And that's fine. It's just, uh, yeah, I don't know. All right. Well, sh- should we get into our top five winners and losers, Steve? Sure. Yeah. So, I, I, I didn't. I, this is one of those like, the typical situations where I'm just going <laughs> to react to yours. Yes. I, I didn't have a good list. Th- that's basically all we do. Yeah. Um, so, okay. The number five loser, and I did. I do think there are losers here. Okay. All right. Bib Fortuna. <laughs> because the Twilights are weird and gross, and I don't like them. And like the Twi'leks in the in the prequels were like sexy and kind of interesting or like yeah. interestingly good. Here they're just more of that gross Bib Fortuna nasty get away from me vibe. Yeah. So yeah, Tesla my... was was not a fan of them in, in whatever that. I guess it was the last episode. Yeah, it was the last right. And they yeah. really felt like Buffy bad guys. Yes, I I didn't want to say it, but yeah. That's that's exactly what they were. Okay, and um, then the num- number five winner, Steve, has to be R five D four. Now, <laughs> out of everything that happened in that new cantina scene, just right. seeing R five D four again, you know, it's probably the same one. I like the idea of him. Like, how did he get there? I don't like gratuitous like cameos from old characters, but that's a totally innocent one because it could be a different R5-D4, but right. it's, it's nice to see an R5-D4 back at all. Yeah, and the, the, the droids taking over the, the bar, I actually really like that a lot too, given the uh, the previous discrimination. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah, no, that was that's a good call. The number four loser actually is a droid. I'd say it's Gonk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just he's he's a parent again, and on some level he wins there. But the the novelty factor of seeing Gonk is getting it's, a little bit played it out. It is. It is. I I think when we were watching the is it the first episode where like yeah he walks in that door and it's just it's getting to be like a Ronto butt you know where it's just in it's there in the screen you know like ah, all right yeah. I get it. Are we supposed to think that these are like the nuggets that you plug into the wall to charge phones? Like that's why they're all over the place? Because that's how it kind of feels. Yeah, yeah. It's a little, it's getting a little worn out. But yeah, I'd agree. The the number four winner is Jawa and Sandcrawler. Or Jawa (laughs) and uh, uh, Land of the Jawas. Sure. Um, yeah. Just for that great episode, for fleshing out their world, I thought they did a good job. I think it made them funnier. Yeah. Um, it definitely made them more fun to play with because you can now scream that egg word, yeah. whatever, Scooby I, or whatever it is. I'm sure you uh, you were thinking of Super Star Wars when you were watching that. I, that do you remember that second yes. level or whatever yeah. it is? Yeah. No. That, that, that was definitely that, yeah, that seemed like that. I don't know if that was intentional. Um, but yeah, and and the restraint that they showed by having only one Utini, and the yes. one Utini was in the middle of everything else. And I right. think that's an example of the weird restraint that even though the show is dripping with vintage exploitation, like they didn't go straight to the Utini. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Okay. Yeah. The uh, number three uh, number three loser is I wrote Klaatu, Nikto, or Barada. <laughs> really? I, I think multiple. There's like different ones in different episodes, 
but I well, still yeah. can't tell them apart, Steve. I still yeah, don't know are... which ones are in which episode. <laughs> they completely blend together. The boring yeah. villains from Return of the Jedi are boring villains in uh, in, in this. And and you look yeah. at you look at what happened in in Clone Wars. How they're able to make them a little bit more interesting. And and here they're just boring henchmen. <laughs> I yeah. Well, I, I think if you, since you've always kind of had the, that feeling towards them, I'm I, I get why you would. Uh, you would uh, feel that way now. I I disagree slightly. Um, I think at least in that first episode, I thought they were uh, interesting. In that in that one yeah. with the the raid in the forest, they were very much like the the weird marauder guys from the Ewok movies, which I'm not sure if you're you're familiar with them. But no. that, they had much more of that vibe than than uh, whatever a Klaatu or or no a Nick. Wait, what? See, I can't even remember a Barada. <laughs> Yeah, that, that, that episode they, was was a little. Last year, I did the thing where I watched like Seven Samurai and like seven different versions of it afterward. You know, like yeah, just just yeah. all the different. So just kind of seeing another one was a little bit like, all right, oh god. I mean, Clone Wars already did a Seven Samurai. They anyways. probably did like two or three of them. I feel yeah. like in Clone Wars, but yeah. Um, but um, what, but I, not, what I liked about that was they just skipped through the training session. It was like, here they're learning how yeah. to use a stick. Okay, we're there. Let's just yep. let's just move yeah. on. I did love uh, getting back to the really quick to the to the other Java guys. There was a in that shootout. There was a a sound effect of the guy. One of there was two like a back to back. It was a sound effect of I think a weak way guy getting pulled out of the sail barge, kind of a grunt, and then immediately followed by like a body hitting the ground that was straight out of like a, a spaghetti western. So huh. I, I like my ears picked that up and like oh I I love that kind of thing. That's cool. So if you ever watch it again, listen listen for that. You know, actually, I'm gonna make the ATST the number five. I'm gonna replace our five D four. I forgot about the ATST. <laughs> Oh yeah, that that definitely won out because making it some kind of super badass thing, almost sentient. Yeah, you, know, <laughs> you the, kind of forget that the the guys were in there. So it's funny. I, I was watching this not particularly well, a well done but criminally flawed dissection of why Last Jedi was bad today. Um, <laughs> it's like six hours long. Oh man, it's oh. but it's okay. It's okay because the guy basically usually ends everything with. A lot of viewers don't like this. It's like that's true, um, but one of the things it was saying was why didn't they use B wings for the for the bombers? Mm -hmm. And like, they had something that would do that, but they chose not to, and so they kind of violated the rules of Star Wars because they already had bombers that could do it. But he chose to use these dumb bombers that don't work because he liked <laughs> w, you know World War Two movies. Right. This is sort of the opposite. It's like. They wanted to use ATST so much that they gave it properties that don't seem realistic. Like all of a sudden, <laughs> ATSTs have magically strong legs and are super powerful, and you don't remember a bunch of teddy bears, you know, tearing them down. Right. Um, so you know that's off the list again. <laughs> so I'm gonna go with my my real number three winner, which is EV99. Yes. Wait, I mean yeah. 90. Is it? Yes. Yeah. EV9. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just because having having him back. And having him as a bartender, and of course, it's not the same one, right? Right. Well, Just, uh, no, it could be the same one because he, he. There were a couple the of them at the bar, right? But yeah, yeah, yeah. that was a uh, well done. But just uh, that, that almost more than anything, really gave you that feeling of being in a sort of, you know, it's kind of like the uh, Disney had this thing where they had a video game where it was like a toy box, and you could just 
like throw in whatever characters you wanted from the Disney universe and they'd all sort of play together. Right. So, you know, you could have Buzz Lightyear fighting Darth Vader or whatever. Captain yeah. Captain Jack Sparrow hanging out with uh, Tomater. Um, <laughs> <laughs> those are the only Disney characters I know, by the way. Um, it kind of, you know, it feels like that toy box feeling where someone just had an EV-99 and they had the Cantina playset. And they're like, well, we don't, they never made one for the bartender. So we'll just have the EV-99 here. Right. I, you know, it reminded me of uh, something that I, in a similar vibe that they did really well with Galaxy's Edge. They have an 88 running like a barbecue spigot, <laughs> which is just like one of those little details just like this, where it's something you immediately recognize in a situation that's not, it's not entirely right, but it's not entirely ridiculous either. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that was uh, also, also pretty nice to see. Uh, my my number two uh, loser is Bosk. <laughs> kind of a similar thing, like adding more Trandoshans and having them not be Bosk and having them be easily beaten by the Mandalorian. And I don't know, just it kind of demystifies Bosk and makes him seem less cool. Yeah, they. I don't know if this is just me, but I feel like it's similar to the the Bib Fortuna that. The, Twilight guys, they had a, they kind of had a different aesthetic, yes. and they seemed a little more Buffy-ish to me. Yes. Um, just in terms of, I, I feel like you could see their eyes in a way that you never see like one of those guys before. It seemed a little too uh, human in a costume. Yeah, maybe even than, a like, touch Lizard of Man. Scanlan too in there. Uh oh, I don't know. Yeah, you don't then, don't go like pouring through the credits. It's no. gonna break the whole show for you. <laughs> and then my number two winner, quite to the opposite, is IG88. Oh, yeah. So this is a yeah. case where it's not the character, you know, like you see a Trandoshan that's not Bosk and that somehow makes Bosk lamer. You see an IG unit that you just know it is IG-88. Like it both, it's, you know, it's Schrodinger's IG-88. Like he is IG-88 and he's not at the same time. You right. you now know what IG-88 is capable of, who he's programmed by, what he's most likely acts like. Um, right. So it is just excellent, just yeah, awesome yeah. character to bring up out of nowhere, and it does nothing, you know, it does nothing and gets killed, but you just absolutely love. Yeah, it. I I am bummed. I I wish he would come back around. I don't know if he will or not. Probably not, but um, well, you should ask yourself. Yeah. I'm sure you've already seen the next five episodes. <laughs> Steve, would you like to take a guess who the number one loser is? Hmm. I don't know. I, I mean, there's a couple of of core concepts in the show that you haven't really touched on yet mm -hmm. <laughs> but I, it's hard to read which which way you're gonna fall is it I, does it depend on whether or not you're a fan of nick nolte <laughs> uh it's a b-wing pilot steve uh, <laughs> once again there's no b-wing pilots in the star wars universe <laughs> there were b-wing pilots but they just don't exist anymore i'm sorry <laughs> steve once again the biggest loser is the b-wing pilot <laughs> That, you know that guy that he kills in space is is like the closest thing I'll probably ever get. Yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't him. Now let's get no. to the number one winner, Steve. All right. So obviously, I haven't mentioned a couple big characters, and there's only one winner spot left. Yeah. Yeah. And this is a question of what gets the biggest bump from the appearance. What action mm. figure rises? What stock rises? And you mentioned right. it, Steve. What stock rises yeah. higher than Ugnot? Nothing even comes close. No. Ugnaught is by far the biggest winner of the Mandalorian. I think you're right. 
Because yeah. Boba Fett, of course, but I mean, Boba Fett, what's he going to go from 10 times as expensive to 11 it's, times as expensive? Yeah, the, the ceiling has already kind of been reached in that in that respect. Like, I, yeah. And, and Yoda and, like, and Baby Yoda just aren't the same. So I, no. I don't think Baby Yoda makes Yoda cooler. No. Um, but just the Nick Nolte Ugnot, when I heard it, that it was happening, I thought it was a rumor that was set out to make fun of people. I love it so much. I sometimes do a Nick Nolte impersonation, particularly <laughs> if, if I've had a couple. Oh, are, you a, are you able to like manipulate your lips to just look a little odd too? Record my podcast. I can't quite do it now. I'm, I'm too too, yeah, too with it. That's that's tough. Yeah. So so yeah, that's that's my number one winner, Steve. Do you, what do you think? Do you agree? I I would agree. I mean, for exactly the reason you stated, the the Fett thing, it's kind of uh, like I was saying earlier. It's kind of a de facto. There's not really much you can you can go with there. But in terms of stock rising, yeah, no, that that space pig stock, that's it's up. Yes. <laughs> Any anything else you wanted to add, Steve? Um, I don't know. Let's see. Uh, I don't know. What do you think about the? The score. I always like to talk about the score with these new. It's not a movie, but it's, yes. it's movie esque. But uh, I think it's great. I, I think, yeah, I, I think it's the best of the non-Williams Star Wars scores. I think it's better I, than Kevin Kiner in Clone Wars. I think it's better than was it Giacchino? Giacchino did Rogue One. Did Rogue yeah. One, and I don't know what was going on with Solo. It wasn't too much there. Yeah, um, but I, the first I, few episodes yeah. for sure too. They're so strong. They're so weird. Like I, it's just. It, there's something so strange. Um, and the, the sparseness and just, of the flute or recorder even, whatever it is. and Whatever it is. And, and the way yeah. that the, the Mandalorian's theme goes from one thing to another. You know, it starts sparse, but then it becomes a triumphant kind of march thing. Um, yeah. yeah. And it's catchy. And, and you know, like, all you have to do is just sort of go, you know. You know, like, and and we get all psyched at my house. So, yeah, yeah, I think it's great. Yeah, I I love the score. I, I'm a I'm a big fan. So yeah, I think they did well with that. That guy's doing an awesome job. But no, yeah, I it's uh I don't know. I guess the last thing is, what do you think about the uh, the length of the of the episodes? I think I feel like a lot of people are probably expecting much more to it, and I actually really like how kind of short and sparse they are. I, I think um, it's awesome. As a professor, my least favorite question is how long is it supposed to be? It's like, <laughs> well, how much do you have to say? Uh, right. What, what am I, a high school teacher? Like, I told you to, to write about the, the themes of, of loss in this book, so write about themes of loss. I would imagine it would take you at least five pages, but if you can do it in three, go for it. So three? Right. Yeah, no, I, I, I think it's fine. Yeah, I, I I really like the the freedom of that, and that they're not like feeling like they have to flesh out anything more than they really need to. So yeah, now I don't know, man. Probably, it's, it's probably my favorite. And the Steve this is one of my patented segues. You don't even know it's happening except for oh, mention it. It's it's happening now. <laughs> so the other day I was at Michael's. Um, do you know what Michael's is, Steve? The, the craft store. The craft store. Yeah. Um, they kind of know me down there. I'm kind of a big deal. I go there all the time. I'm always <laughs> framing stuff or doing weird crafts projects for my kids. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and I go up and I, uh, my wife bought some uh, Star Wars wrapping paper, you know. Mm -hmm. And 
And the the guy behind the counter is like, oh, are you Star Wars fans? And we're like, yeah. And then he does this, like, just not very good Yoda impersonation, but he, like, kept doing it. And he really stuck with it. He's like, oh, fan am I too. Not quite as bad as Michael Scott, but it it was closer to (laughs) Michael Scott than Frank Oz. Right, yeah. It's it's on that side of the (laughs) the divide. Yes. And, uh, And then they were talking about The Mandalorian, and they started talking about it, and then... He was saying, like, and can you believe that they don't have any Baby Yoda merchandise out? Mm-hmm. And, and he was explaining, like, how like, upset he was. And I told him, I said, well, this is the thing. I follow Star Wars spoilers. I spend all day, every day, thinking about how to figure out what's happening in Star Wars. My entire Facebook feed is filled with Star Wars information. When that stupid dome opened up and there was a baby Yoda in there I was completely surprised I had absolutely no idea and and obviously Lucasfilm would have made a lot of money this this winter if they sold toys but they actually stayed true to a concept that if this is a surprise people will like to show more I can guarantee you Steve I like to show way more because I didn't know that it was going to be a baby Yoda in there you know and, yeah. and they actually had the guts to do it. Yeah. And then as I'm leaving, this old lady who worked across the counter at a different part of Michael's goes, Magicbrenner.com. It's a crochet pattern. You can download it for free. And everyone got all <laughs> excited. And then I look at my Facebook feed and it's filled with crochet of Baby Yoda. Right. And customs of Baby Yoda. Yeah. And yeah. paintings of Baby Yoda. You know? Yeah. Like John yeah. Favreau or Dave Floney, one of them tweeted out this like ornament you can make like by cutting out paper. Yeah, I saw that. And, and yeah. I printed it out and I made it and I, I gave it to my daughter and she's playing action figures and she has all her action figures and they're like saving baby Yoda. And like <laughs> I made a painting of Yoda as uh, as Santa, baby Yoda as Santa and put it out in front of my house. Like there's this, like this is the actual like retro thing to do. Yeah. Like you don't have Star Wars stuff. Like right, you, you just make it. have to make it. Yeah. And and it's it's this weird bizarre gift that they gave us that I don't think they entirely meant to do. Probably not in the same same way as, as uh back in the the 70s or 80s. No. Yeah, not, but it, not, not. It, it's really succeeded and I guarantee you Steve People are going to be sick of Baby Yoda. People, when you see how much merchandise is coming out, it's going to get played out. They're going to say, okay, that was cute, but that was so 2019. It's not going to be fun all the time. People are going to get tired of it, and they're not going to like it anymore. Like, this is the moment to really revel in, yeah, the joy, in the yeah. joy of Yoda and not being able to get a Baby Yoda. And yeah. Steve, there is a very interesting parallel to be drawn between baby yoda and his presumable father yoda yoda so let's talk to ron r.a ron ron salvatore who's written this amazing article about the early days of yoda collectibles get a hold of yoda (laughs) (laughs) all right so uh ron r.a ron ron salvatore is here how's it going ron pretty good how are you guys we're doing well. I just set up an awesome segue. We talked about the Mandalorian for like half an hour. Um, half an hour. It's supposed to be like a short thing. Yeah, I know, but <laughs> we're not doing a real episode this month because you know Steve's pregnant and stuff. So like, yeah. we're you know we just we got to get in good content when we can. What What do you guess was my number one winner from the Mandalorian for vintage collectibles? 
the number one winner? Yeah. Um, Ugnot. Hey, yep. man, you know me, Ron. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Nick Nolte. You never thought Nick Nolte would be starring as an Ugnot. I know. <laughs> I mean, people people praise casting and like, okay, Bill Burr is pretty awesome as a bounty hunter, but like, you can't beat Nick Nolte as an Ugnot. Like, that's like a fever dream. That's like the coolest thing, you know? <laughs> Uh, well, who actually played the Ugnot? I mean, he just, I haven't heard anything about that. I know oh, Nolte does true. the voice, but... Yeah, it's its a different actor in the suit, but they do some something weird with uh, with his face. His face I, I feel like, like all computer-generated or something? Partially. Like, I feel like those are Nick Nolte's, you know, soulful eyes. <laughs> yeah, it definitely looks like him, somehow. Somehow. All right, well, yeah. we're, we're getting off track. Like Ron said, this yeah. is supposed to be a quick, efficient episode, and, and it will be. It'll just be in two parts. Part one, Mandalorian. Part two, this grab a hold of Yoda. Now, I have to admit something wrong. Um, my initial plan is to never... Let me guess. You didn't read the blog. <laughs> well, no. That's what I told you I was going to do. Because my idea is not to read the blog so that when I ask you questions, I don't already know the answers to. And like the, the listener can like be as new as I am. But I, I, I couldn't resist. Like, I had to read it. It is such an enjoyable thing. I ended up reading it today when I didn't want to, but I was <laughs> pulling it up to make sure I had the pictures there, and I just fell into it, Ron. It's it's some of your best writing, and in, in, I mean, it's just some of your best writing. You always write so well, so we're going to be talking about this, and you're probably going to get most of the information on this podcast that you will if you read the blog, but you still need to read it, because n- nothing beats reading oh. a, a Ron post. Well, thanks. I don't I think you're probably overrating it, but I appreciate it. I'm glad you read it, Sky. This is like a first. <laughs> yeah. Well, I always read it afterward, you know, but it's like like if I'm talking to, to to Jonathan McElwain about Wonder Bread and stuff, like I don't want to make reference to something that I just read and be like, oh, so the seventh one wasn't rare after all? Yeah, that's right. And then we move on. Well, like, that's a pretty yeah. good strategy. Yeah. But that being said, Ron, you have a great a great structure to this to this episode. Um, I mean, to this blog. So, I mean, you start off with a big picture of, of Baby Yoda, um, and, and you draw the parallel to the fact that there's no merchandise on, on the shelves of Baby Yoda. Um, but I think it even goes right. beyond that. I just talked to Steve about how there's a lot of customs. There is actually stuff out there, but like I went to Hot Topic, because I have to go to Hot Topic basically every day, and my daughter demands it. Um, <laughs> and, and they had Baby Yoda t-shirts. And, oh really? Yeah. So it's like licensed ones. I take it. Yeah, licensed. So it's just like the seventies, where like the stuff that exists is the cheap stuff they can just pump out. Right. They like, slap yeah. it on a mug or shirt or hat or whatever. Yeah. And I haven't really been following the news stories that much. I just sort of see them, and I, I know that right after the Mandalorian came out, there were several stories that were like, "Oh, there will be stuff next week." And then it's sort of then the story is next week where no we have to wait until May, but maybe the stuff that came out next week was the t-shirts and the mugs and all the stuff that was easy to make, the stuff that nobody wants basically. And it's right. it, it's funny because it tells you about how different the process is now from the way it used to be, right? Because in in your thing, Ron, so you you establish the timeline. So what's the timeline of the thirty one and the thirty two backs and the the unveil of Yoda? Oh, yeah, so uh, probably most of the folks who are listening to this realize that they're 31 and 32 backs, right? So 31 was the first Empire Strikes Back card back. Well, actually, no. What was the first 
the first card back with new Empire Strikes Back figures, right? So was the 31 back because they added figures, right? So, uh, and those came out, I want to say probably April or early May, right before Empire hit. And that was, you know... Really? That close? Uh, huh. uh, it could have been a little bit earlier, but basically spring of 80. So it was a little bit before the movie. You know, I wasn't... I don't have any personal memories because I was too young, but it would have been a little bit before the movie. And that was, you know, Lando, um, Asian Bespin guard, Han Hoff, and Leia Bespin and all those figures. And Yoda was not among those figures and was not on the back of the card. Uh, so just like Return of the Jedi with the the uh, the first Return of the Jedi figures had the, the Ewoks blacked out on the back, this is sort of similar, but Yoda's not blacked out. He's just not even on there. So they just kept Yoda off. Uh, and then Empire came out, obviously, in May, uh, probably went wide in June. And then Yoda, who was the 32nd figure, uh, was released in the summer of 80. So probably in mid to late July, Yoda started to show, show up in stores. So and then, then obviously, uh, they changed the card back. How long, so then, from from the release in 1980, from, from May 1980, so basically it was like a month, two months? Uh, couple, probably couple a couple months. of months. Yeah. Yeah from May to July, uh, so not as long as uh, everybody has to wait for Baby Yoda, but there was a delay, um, and it was because basically Lucasfilm had embargoed the character. So I don't really think there was much of anything Yoda-related uh, available uh, for that first period when Empire was in theaters. Yeah, and that's, I, I mean, it's crazy because you have to imagine, because they, they, they've been creating the figure well before then, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it came out, obviously, we just, in July, right? So they would have had to start it in 79 because it takes about a year. Right. So the action figure was the one product that Kenner had ready to go, uh, but they had to delay it a couple of months. Yeah, that's just crazy. The, the idea of leaving that much kind of money on the table or I don't know what. I mean, I, I guess it's kind of like what they're doing now. It seems to be working, not giving people what they want. <laughs> the famous capitalist victim. Yeah, well, <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's an interesting thought, because I think now, sadly, I think part of the reason there's no Baby Yoda stuff is because there's so much less emphasis now on action figures and stuff, because I just I don't think they sell as well, and it's not that big a deal anymore. Um, but in 1980, that's there wasn't that much... Empire was not like a giant uh, marketing and merchandising extravaganza like Jedi was, because right, yeah. people were just not... I wrote about that, I think, in the previous blog post I did. It's just like Empire Strikes Back, was, there was a little bit of trepidation surrounding that, and whether it would be that big of a success, whether the toys would continue to sell, you know, whether space toys were still a thing. So I don't know if, okay, yeah, Yoda was going to be a big new character, but uh, it wasn't like super necessary that they have products out as it was in Jedi, which I, I think at that point it was like, okay, we're going to keep the Ewok secret, but there's no way we're not going to have Ewok stuff on the shelves by the time the movie hits. Uh, I think you're a little bit before that era. And I think now we're sort of post that era where, you know, the products are that big of a deal. I think we're sort of going the other way now. Yeah. It seems like it. Yeah. It's, it's, it, yeah. it is really amazing to think about the, like the, the certainty, the lack of certainty that a lot of people have and like where the certainty is misplaced. Like I remember in, you know, one of my favorite, Actually, my number one favorite documentary of any Star Wars documentary is is the one for Episode One because it it just is so well done, and and you hear Lucas talking about Jar Jar, 
And he's like, uh, everything hinges on this character. If this character doesn't work, the movie's not going to work. And then he follows yeah. it up with, I felt the same way about Yoda. I mean, it's this weird talking frog. But like, if this doesn't work, the, uh, people need to buy it or it's not going to... Okay, trying to my Obama impersonation. People are going, well, it's not going to work. Um, so, you know, but it's funny because it's true. I mean, if, if people saw Yoda and reacted to it like it was Jar Jar, that would have been it for Star Wars. It would have been like, well, that was fun. Goodbye. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, definitely a key character. And I think probably, again, I'm sort of too young to remember. I remember seeing Empire when it came out, but I would imagine of all the, you know, Lando is a cool character. Uh, you know, the, the Luke reveal about the Vader being his father is a big deal. But, I mean, really, character-wise, Yoda would have been, if you're walking out of the movie, probably Yoda's one of the first couple of things you're talking about. Right. I would yeah. imagine, right? <clears throat> yeah. Probably yeah. also, I mean... First Muppet in a in a movie. I mean, like the Muppet movie. But I mean, in the first Muppet in like a live action normal movie. That's meant to just be believed as a a little creature that isn't a Muppet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, big deal. You know, it has a, a pivotal character, great performance by you know Frank Oz and all that, and great puppet, and just kind of the first time anyone had seen that. I guess the. I mean, this is old now. I mean, the Lord of the Rings has been out a long time, but I guess. A little bit like Gollum from the Lord of the Rings was for digital stuff, and Yoda was for, I guess, puppet stuff back then. Right. Well, I mean, actually, Jar Jar, Ron, yeah, give credit where credit's due. It is kind D- of digital creation. All way. goes to Jar Jar. Um, so, in, in in this in this uh, in this blog post that you wrote up, you know, we're removing a lot of the comedy that you have in there because you have to actually go read it. Um, but you you talk a lot about the. Um, about the way that Kenner was sort of hyping people up. And I hadn't seen a lot of this. There's like this sheet of paper that just explains the announcement of this one figure coming out. Uh, where is that from? Um, that is, I actually got that from Tom Nyheisel, who's a former Kenner marketing guy. Um, and it, it, there's been other ones around it. It's a pretty scarce Kenner marketing thing, but it, it is basically a one sheet advertisement that would have been sent to retailers sort of like as a supplement to their 1980 toy fair catalog uh, that announced the Yoda figure and, you know, basically said, Hey, store owners, you can order this figure from Kenner because Yoda is not in the 1980 Kenner toy fair catalog at all. Really? Um, because it was, the character was embargoed. Yeah. So, um, the, the Ewoks and Jabba in the 1983 Kenner toy fair catalog, they're in there, but the, the pictures are all blacked out. So right. there's no visual reference. Uh, with Yoda, he's just not in there at all in 1980. So this is they sent this out as basically a supplement to the catalog to announce that the figure, hey, let the, hey retailers, yeah, this figure, this this character was a big deal in the movie. We will be releasing a a, a figure, and now's your chance to order him. And, and that's basically what that that sheet is. Yeah, and like, and they could just order a solid case of Yodas. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a 24-pack of just Yoda. So um, you sign on and just get a case of Yoda to supplement your 31-pack your you know, uh, assortments you already probably had some of. Uh, and then that would have been the first rush for the figure in, in summer of 80. And this is nice, too, because it, it, uh, you know, it highlights in this copy, it says, Authentic, finely sculpted replica of Yoda, the Jedi Master. And I can't think of other times when Kenner actually promoted the quality of the sculpting of the toys, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good point. You know, I don't 
recall that off the top of my head. I can't think of that being mentioned, but yeah, they, they do mention that in there, which is a pretty interesting detail. And and in the blog no post, you include a picture of the sculpt itself, um, which yeah. Well, I had to call my friend, our friend Fluffy, and I and, figured, hey, why don't you send me a picture of your Yoda? He's like. He, he was fine with it, so he sent me the. He took him a while to find it, so I had to ask Chris, and then Chris sent me that other one that he had taken when we found it. Um, but Fluffy uh, turned up his old photo, which isn't great because it's not really that. I wanted like a close up of the figure, and it's like the carded figure takes up most of the shot, but yeah. <laughs> uh, it's still pretty cool. I mean, that that is the sculpt on the left there. Which is kind of an immaculate condition, all the little parts and everything. Yeah, um, yeah. It's an actual yeah, wax a... sculpt of Yoda, and this is the only existing picture due to the mystery <laughs> that is fluffy. If if Ron owned it, there would be a you know ten ten eighty DPI masterpiece picture, you know, that that we could all look at. But here it is, this old greasy picture, probably from like yeah. nineteen ninety six. He's like, bro. I'm not going to be able to dig it out. I'm like, well, can you find it? Like, how? yeah, I know you had photos because he had a portfolio that he he brought up to one of the celebrations and he was showing it around to people years ago. I'm like, I know you have a photo because you had it in that portfolio. Uh, but, you know, Chris also came through with this, the photo of the one bagged, which is that's how he found it. So, so, you, sculptor and, so when you, you know, wait, do you want to tell us the story of when you were able to find the sculpt? Uh, yeah, I mean, not in too much detail, but okay. yeah, we... Um, I'd met this guy, and uh, he had stuff. And he was actually difficult to buy from because he just kind of was very shy in a way. It was just kind of like, uh, we'll talk to you guys, but I don't really want to do it. And Okay. And, you know, finally, I think Fluffy just kept calling him. He's finally, ah, oh, I guess you guys can come over. And we came over to the guy's house, and uh, he started pulling out. He had a box, and he started pulling out stuff and just kind of like, okay, there's the Vader sculpt. There's a C-3PO sculpt. You can actually see the arm of the C-3PO sculpt next to the Yoda picture. Oh, yeah. Right? And um, other ones were in there as well, right? I mean, he must he had several. We Fortunately, we had, like, a giant pile of money. Just kind of like... This dude went and bought one of those pens. Like, you check to see if bills are fake. Wow. <laughs> all these hundreds we're putting on the table. He's checking each one. He couldn't... It was just kind of a great deal. Yeah, that was a great um a great find of sculpts. But Yoda was in there. And and, and uh, each part is in an individual an individual bag. It's like this it's it, you have to really look at the picture to see what it is, but it's like Yeah, I don't remember it's exactly. It's like Dexter got to him. Yeah, it does have <laughs> the Dexter vibe. They're each sealed in there, but I don't remember what rig that I mean, if he made that himself, like I, I can't remember. But um, he had a bunch. We found sculpts from other people, and sometimes they were just chucked in like a Dixie cup with a with a piece of plastic over it with a rubber band, you know, and they were rattling around in there. But this one was pretty well preserved in there, and I think that I don't think there's any damage to it at all. It's pretty nice. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I was happy that he was cool with showing the photo. I was like, I told him, I was like, you might as well. I mean, I don't know why you would be, why keep it private at this point. Uh, but. Yeah, I mean it's a cool thing to see, you know, even if the photo isn't great. And and then the the next line of copy has a removable robe with belt, snake, and gimmer stick. So, <laughs> yeah. 
the, the snake is cool. I realized that the, the, the baby Yoda is going to be packed with a frog. So the baby Yoda eats frogs, but I think this must be a sort of callback. He's totally stealing Jabba's mojo on that one. <laughs> yeah, he is. A little bit. We've seen that before. <laughs> um, but the, the Gimmer stick is great because it's sort of like the Gaderfi stick. Just, I guess Kenner or Lucasfilm were like, I don't, what, do you, what do you call a stick? Steve Danley know. needs to do some flipping the script to find out where the heck that... <laughs> term comes from the yes. Gatterfee and Gimmer is that like yeah. in the screenplay or what I mean it's it's funny like you, you really do only associate those terms with these these <laughs> Star Wars characters I, I don't know yeah, it's, yeah I, uh, I don't know where those they, they probably come from the screenplay or something but I certainly it, it's funny to see Kenner mentioning that because that level of like nerdery usually wasn't in the Kenner figures. Like you probably had to go to the Marvel comics or something to, to see that. It's not like they used weird name. Like they didn't call hammerhead was hammerhead. He wasn't, you know, whatever he was called right. later. Yeah. And, and then the description of Yoda is interesting because it describes Yoda lives on Dagobah swamp planet and for 800 years has taught men to master the force and become yes, Jedi Knights. Right. Yeah. And that's yeah. the only gender. That's the only gender reference I've ever seen to. I mean, I actually there's a pretty good YouTube video about the the failings of the Jedi teaching because you know it's all based on stoicism, which eh, it, it makes a pretty convincing argument that that the rejection of emotions uh, is actually what leads to the destruction of the Jedi. And uh, part of it is about this sort of like what it is to be a man and the sort of the mistakes that are built into the Jedi system. Anyways, I'm going off on a tangent, but this is kind of funny. The idea that, that like, if some woman showed up, you'd be like, penis, have you not? Yeah, it's pretty weird that they, I mean, I guess Star Wars was a boy's toy line. They didn't even think about stuff like that so much back then, but it is kind of funny. Men, I don't recall, I don't recall anything like that being said in the movie or anything that it was a, a man only thing, but maybe, yeah. maybe Yoda's just a, a jerk. He's just kind of a... <laughs> Weinstein level jerk over here, but yeah, Einstein more like wait Weinstein, Weinstein or Weinstein. <laughs> oh or my God, Harvey. <laughs> yes. Um, all right, so Steve, I've been talking. <laughs> why don't you, why don't you ask Ron the questions about the the next things? Uh, well, let's see. Do you want to get into like the the big the bigger toys? The, well, uh, what about this question of a, of a drought? You refer to this as a drought. Yeah. Right. So. You call it the the drought of of eighty. So we kind of talked about how you know the it wasn't available. The figure wasn't available till summer. I mean, but the figure was the only product, right? For nineteen nineteen eighty, you didn't get any more until the uh, next year. I I believe so. I had some doubts. I think you guys saw this. And I was trying to research it. That I had some doubts that the the puppet may have came come out around the time of the figure, mm. but. I don't think that's accurate. It does not show up in, in the catalog until 81. I've never seen anything that really indicates it was out in 80. Uh, it's listed as a new product in the Kenner showroom um, price list for 81. Um, so I don't think it was out for Christmas of 80. Yeah. Uh, officially, it's an 81 product because uh, it didn't show up in any sales list or, or, or catalog before then. But I, I did have a little bit of doubt that that maybe came out um, in, in summer of 80, but I yeah. don't think so. So yeah, I think pretty much you had the figure, um, in that time span. And then you pretty much had to wait until probably spring of 81 to buy anything else. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the other detail I cut out of the article, um, because I couldn't, you know, my memory is pretty bad with some of this stuff, but, 
I met with Fluffy, Chris, and Todd a couple of times. A guy we bought some Yoda stuff from, uh, some uh, and a Jedi Master, the eight ball proto- a prototype from him, sort of like a painted, kind of like a hard copy. I think it was a, a skin that was filled with plaster and painted. Um, and then also, I think, a mold for the puppet from the same guy. And I'm pretty sure I remember this guy telling me, he's like, oh, you know, we didn't have any Yoda stuff. You know, we were all peddled to the metal just because we didn't realize Yoda was going to be such a big deal. And we had to get stuff to market. And so we were just trying to get this puppet and this, this eight ball thing out to market and just, you know, working nights just to try to get this stuff turned over. Yeah. Um, but Chris and Todd weren't sure. I, I couldn't. My memory is not great enough where I'm like, I'm going to put that in the article. But I'm pretty sure he said something like that. Because I also remember telling him when we, when he told us that, I'm like, well, the figure was out, right? And he, he disagreed and was like, no, 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 we didn't have anything. I'm like, yeah, you're not remembering correctly because yeah. the figure was out. Right. Um, and then I just changed the subject because he, he wasn't going to concede that the figure had been released. But yeah. So the, there's that detail, too, of talking to a guy who I remember telling me that they had had a, a, a eureka moment in, after seeing the movie and realizing that they needed more Yoda products um, and then having to sort of like go into overdrive to get these things out for 81. Yeah. But I think the puppet and um, the eight ball would have been shown in February of 81 at Toy Fair and would have probably been hitting in spring of that year. Uh, so before that, yeah, I think it's just the figure from Kenny. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. And I feel like Sky, we, I feel like we've talked about a couple of these prototypes made probably on our old Yoda episode, but some of them, like, I don't remember seeing some of this stuff about the vinyl puppet specifically. I I think that was, that kind of came up on uh, Facebook after we'd ever talked about it. So this is a guy that, the guy who kind of came up with the idea was actually not a Kenner guy, but Lucasfilm, right? Yeah, I just um, bounced a few messages with him when I was doing this. You know, his mm-hmm. name is Robert Short. Seems like a nice guy, but he had just randomly in 2014 on a Star Wars collecting group that nobody even uses anymore, as far as I know. Right? <laughs> uh, just one of these groups that I think it's like Star Wars action figures or something. Um, and he had just posted this random thing, just kind of like teasing, like, "Hey, I." Uh, I don't know if he said invented or developed or I came up with the, the Yoda hand puppet. Um, you know, just FYI, there's a random <laughs> post like that. And then people are like, what are you kidding? And then of course he posts a photo of himself with the, the prototype. And it's like, Whoa, yeah, he's not kidding. Um, and yeah, he had a story and he, you know, he worked for Lucasfilm at the time there. And it sounded like he was doing, um, costuming stuff. And he, Mike, I didn't. I don't know this for certain, but he um, uh, that would involve probably using latex. So he probably has some familiarity with that. So he yeah. like sculpted up this Yoda and um, made it out of latex and made a little puppet out of it. I don't know if he thought from the start like, hey, this would be an awesome toy to pitch to Kenner, or if it was just a like, hey, this would be just something fun to have for myself. But according to his story, Gary Kurtz picked up on it and thought it was cool and brought it to Kenner. Uh, Gary Kurtz was the producer of Empire Strikes Back, obviously. And then the Kenner folks were like, awesome, you know, and then they they released it, you know. And probably a year or ten months later, the thing was on store shelves 
from this guy just on a whim making this thing. So yeah, and what like a crazy story. <laughs> yeah, and so like at least like an, the old images of this were really only in ads, like toy ads, and then all of a sudden he posts like a a picture of it at least current as of like five years right. ago. So right. Well, that's of... the yeah. The, the... That's the benefit of uh, being aware of all this weird advertising stuff, right? Because when someone comes up with something random, I think if you had never seen it in an ad, you would have been like, well, that's just some hunk of junk. Like, there's nothing. Right. How, do, how do I know that's real? But the people who knew, and, you know, me being one of them, there's a photo of, of, of a Yoda prototype. Even that's, it's either the same one that Robert's posing with, or it's one that's very similar. Yeah. And it showed up in a number of, uh, ads of um, non-U.S. sub-licensees. I think it's maybe in a Palatoy poster. Uh, I think it's in maybe some German advertising, in Australian. Uh, so uh, as soon as he showed it, it's like, oh, man, that's that prototype. And, of course, there's no way that, uh, obviously, it, it, that's not just a coincidence. You know, it has to, the two match up. Yeah. Uh, so it's totally legit. Um and yeah, I mean, it's just that was like 2014. He came out with that. It's just one of those, one of the weirder prototype Kenner-related stories of recent years. I think um, he sold it. You know, I don't know who he sold it to exactly. Yeah, was, I know he sold it. I was it. wondering if, yeah, I'm, I was wondering if it ended up somewhere. Huh. That's the other thing. He still had it. You know, it's yeah. Like, having a picture is one thing, but he still had the piece, which is kind of crazy. Wow. And wow. so. I see the the problem I have, and and this is uh, my trademark is stupidity. I don't pay, I so don't pay attention to things like this. That like, if you told me Sky one of these things was produced, the Talking Yoda and the puppet, I I probably would have known which one was produced and which one wasn't. But like, I just don't pay attention to this stuff very much. How <laughs> could you have not seen the puppet like a million times? The thing is all over the place. I, I, I just don't. It's it's like I was I was talking to I was talking to my wife the other day. We drove by a Wendy's, and uh, it said on the sign on the outside because uh, it's snowing out here. It's really cold. It says "Warm up with a taco salad," and and I just sort of like expounded on this like idea of like it was like the last thing in the world you could warm up to like cold lettuce with like beef on it. <laughs> and and she and she just told me that she doesn't even see Wendy's. Like when she drives, she literally doesn't see it. It just doesn't exist because you know she has a more discerning palate than I. Um, so that's kind of how I am to like so much of this awesome Star Wars stuff that I ostensibly collect. Um, because I I mean the Yoda puppet's great. I should have had a Yoda puppet. I should have played with the Yoda puppet. Like I should have had one when I was when I when I had kids, and I should have. You know, it's actually, kind of a piece of crap, to be honest. But yeah, <laughs> it looks cool. It's a it's a pretty cool sculpt, but it's like, as a puppet, I remember as a kid being like, "Oh, this is a puppet." You stick your hand in it. It's like it does two things. <laughs> like, what? All it does, you can move its head back, and then you can move its head forward, and the the hands go up a little bit. But uh, hey, what are you gonna do? It looks like Yoda, so yeah. And he's got his gimmer stick, so right. Yeah. Um, but but it turns out, Steve, the. Uh, the the talking Yoda that was that was never made. Did you know that? <laughs> yeah, that I uh, I did. You picked up um, on that little bit of Arcana at some point in your Star Wars collecting. <laughs> Probably on our our episode that we talked about it, like whatever, seven years ago. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, I, I some of these images I don't think I'd seen before. Um, so there's. I guess, Ron, do you want to just give a quick 
spiel on on the on the talking Yoda and what it was meant to be and like where it came from? Uh, yeah, uh, I mean it's a little bit murky, and I'm not going to say all of this is 100% verifiable, but there is a, a an interesting um, conceptual artwork piece that shows the talking Yoda or shows a Yoda figure that looks a lot like the early prototypes for the hand puppet before it was all a vinyl thing. Um, it looks like a cloth body thing with maybe a rubber head and hands and it's posed with some cassette tapes or it looks like maybe even eight tracks. Yeah. And that's probably tied into the two XL product that Mego released, which was like a robot that you could put eight tracks into and it would run through like uh, programs sort of, it would talk and it was kind of like a learning product. Uh, and it would have, would have been around the same time as, you know, I think it, that product is probably 79 to 82 2XL. So it was right around the time of Kenner would be thinking about Yoda products. So that artwork looks a little bit like a 2XL talking Yoda type of thing. You can almost, and yeah, I, you can almost see like the, the cloth Yoda draped over the, the like robot device. It almost has the same shape. Yeah, I mean, you don't really see where you'd put the cassette. Yeah. It seems kind of like the idea. You'd have to uh, open, up his, open up Yoda's robe to... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And for a number of years, the early Yoda, we didn't talk about this, but the, before the vinyl Yoda puppet, there was a cloth-bodied Yoda puppet with a vinyl head. So you'd stick your hand in the in the cloth part and, and work the, the mouth on the vinyl head. Um, and that was thought to be an early talking Yoda prototype, in part because it looks so much like this, cassette playing Yoda mm -hmm. and there may still be a little bit of blur and what what was what and they might have you know been a little bit overlapping at times the concepts but I think that tape playing Yoda kind of evolved into the pull string Yoda which is basically just a traditional pull string doll and uh, Gus Lopez actually I put a link in here in the blog post if you go to the archive entry for talking Yoda um, he has recorded all of the sayings that um, the pull string version said. I think it's eight different sayings, right? So and you're probably all familiar with that. You pull the string and it says, you know, uh, whatever, you know, come up with your favorite Yoda saying from Empire. And it says says that. It says a different thing every time you pull it. Um, I actually so have my – one second. I'm going to get my Beetlejuice one that I have uh, right here. It's a, one second. It's, just, it's up here. <laughs> Top of my, so this I'll, I'll pull this. So just pretend this is Yoda, because this is what happens after thirty years. So here's here's my Beetlejuice. Uh, I have a Zagnut taped into his hand. You ready? Here. Yeah, that's pretty much what it sounds like. Yeah. You know, it sounds like like uh, Linda Blair saying something foul in The Exorcist. Just like right. really, like what was that? Um, but. Yeah, thanks to Gus, though, you can go on the archive and you can hear the stuff, but it sounds kind of like that. It's really garbled and not great. But, you know, I mean, a pull string is probably a cheaper product than, you know, 2XL was a really expensive product at the time, I, I imagine. So you're probably chopping a, a two-thirds off of the price just by making it into a pull string doll, uh, which is, of course, you know, for a toy producer is, is a plus. Um, but that's what was going to be uh, how the Yoda, the, the talking Yoda would have, would have spoken. Uh, and that thing got pretty far along. I think it was pretty much on the verge of being uh, greenlit 
and then that just got canceled prior to this, you know, prior to whenever the decisions were made for the 81 line, it just got yanked out of there. Because there's, you include a picture of it in, in uh, Toy Fair display, right? Uh, yeah, I think it's probably not Toy Fair, but maybe internal to Kenner, um, because it doesn't match the other 81 photos I have. Uh, but yeah, that is a photo that looks like maybe something Kenner set up to, to work out their planogram display, which was basically the whole line uh, out on a shelf. Right, so this is what we want stores to display it as. Right, uh, and it shows because the question is, I guess, okay, there's three Yoda products, right? The, the hand puppet, uh, the the eight ball, and the talking Yoda, and they sort of overlap. Um, and it's okay. The 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 eight ball is a little bit like a really sort of cheapo version of a talking Yoda because it does sort of talk in a way. It it, it provides Yoda statements, but not through voice. Uh, so the, was the eight ball, did it evolve out of the talking Yoda or were they concurrent? And it, this photo sort of answers the question because it shows pretty much what the 81 line was, right? So it's got the 80, the 80 toys, 1980 toys, and then it's got some new additions like Slave One and the AT-AT. Um, and then it's got the, the new Yoda products at the time, and it's got all three of them in the display, right? So the, the puppet is right next to the talking Yoda, and then the eight ball is right below that. So it uh, pretty much shows that at least at one point in time, Kenner planned to release all of those at the same time. Yeah. Which is interesting. Mm. And they just they just pulled the plug. I think um, we need to talk a little bit about this this image of this Yoda with a cassette with cassette tapes. <laughs> um, just because the cassette tapes, I think, were named by Troy McClure. <laughs> um because have you read the titles? You, you have. I, I was yeah. I was gonna say. I figured you might, Yoda, you might appreciate some of these titles. Instructor of the Force. Hi, <laughs> I'm Yoda. You might know me from such in- informational <laughs> tapes as Yoda the Force and you. It, it's really called Yoda the Force and You. The Empire Strikes Back. The Adventures of Luke Skywalker, and then Hans Solo, space pilot. <laughs> so this is the well, other one time. That says- Princess Leia and the something force. Yeah, I was just Which I guess to... means Yoda sort of has evolved as far as his gender or his gender pair. Yeah, that's true. Here, but it says Princess Leia. I don't, I don't, what is that word? And the I, something uh, force? I can't quite make it out. What does that say? And the rain huh. force? The Ryan Johnson force? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, wow! Yeah. Well, well, listen. I, I, I think that pretty much covers the great Yoda drought of 1980. The, the moment that we're living in this glorious moment where there is not enough Star Wars merchandise. We haven't known this moment for a long time, and we get to enjoy it. Um, I, I do like how you closed it all out uh, by saying that if you're missing <laughs> Baby Yoda, just go grab a porg. Um, because it, it's well, seriously. How, how, how angry are Lucasfilm people right now? That okay, they sort of went. They went giant with Jar Jar in 1999, right? Yeah. And it sort of didn't go over that well, right? And then it's like a couple of years ago, oh, the Porgs are going to be giant. We're just going to sell a ton of Porgs. Uh, maybe a few. Well, this <laughs> didn't go that big. Well, well, now Baby yeah. Yoda, no Baby Yoda. Ah, we're just going to you know, dial it back on Baby Yoda. No Baby Yoda products at all. And then it's like the biggest Star Wars thing in forever, right? Now, now Ron, you, you do know that my daughter has a Porgatorium in her room, right? Yeah, no. So she's the one. Yeah, she's right? she's the one. It's it is it is funny because I I went by um, Yogibo Yogibo. It's like the store in the mall that sells overpriced uh, furniture. 
Um, the kind of place where you go in and you just feel bad for Duncan. <laughs> You're just like, oh my God, he's got to buy all this crap. Um, but they have like, like okay, so they have little teeny tiny stuffed like Porg and Chewbacca stuff. I'm like, cool. And oh, they also have a stuffed, stuffed animal. Okay. They also have like a four foot body pillow. Okay. They also have a four foot just gigantic so i walked out of the mall with this i spent like 500 bucks on chewbacca stuff that i don't want <laughs> and and uh i mean including like a four foot pillow that looks like chewbacca it's the stupidest thing um but oh but 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 i remember the the porg being there i remember looking at it and not feeling that excitement oh my god it's the cute star wars thing i thought oh that's yeah. that thing that used to be cute in star wars <laughs> yep it came and went um, but you mentioned Chewbacca. Did you notice in this ad? I put an ad in there, the kid in a sleeping bag, and oh, it's yeah. kind of from Mervyn's. Mm -hmm. There is a, a, a Hoth playset on the bottom, and there's a pretty good Chewbacca rendition tucked in there if you didn't notice. All right, I'm going to have to scan up and look at it. Let's see. I looked at the other ad. Wait a minute. He looks like a sort oh. of a mysterious character. <laughs> he looks like a yeti. Speaking of Tom yeah. Burgess, yeah. he, he has he like, his... he's coming out of the little the little cave hiding spot, right? Yeah. Is that what I'm looking at? Like yeah. a blurry Chewbacca. Yeah. <laughs> but so how many how many uh, Baby Yoda products are you guys going to buy once these things are available? <laughs> I, I mean, uh, I'll probably get a couple because ev everyone in my family loves them, you know? Yeah, I... Uh, Tess and I are, are we're pretty pretty susceptible um, to to cute babies <laughs> for some reason. For some reason, yeah. So, uh, so are I, are I you know. gonna name your baby Baby Yoda? <laughs> Just uh, that'd be pretty good, Steve. You should do that. Baby yeah. Baby Yoda Baby Yoda Idol Wild Danley. <laughs> you that would be the only kid on earth with that name, Baby Yoda Idol Wild Danley. <laughs> By the way, Baby Yoda is absolutely the canonical term, and that's kind of what it, the official name of it. <laughs> it. It's so funny, the idea of anyone trying to fight that, because 100% yeah. of everybody who sees, like, the first words out of my head were Baby Yoda. Like, they're, like <laughs> that is the most, like, knee-jerk reaction. That's like someone tapping You can't really that. paint yourself as, like, a bigger nerd than to be like, the name is the child. <laughs> Like yeah, thanks, thanks Mortimer. <laughs> the baby Yoda's the name, obviously. Yeah, yeah, that's that's an unwinnable war. <laughs> the bad thing is, is like if this thing shows up in in, in uh, season two and it's a little bit older and they have to actually give it a real name, yeah, it's gonna be a little bit uncomfortable. It's all, it's yeah. all gonna go down. It's everyone's gonna hate gonna baby have one Yoda. Of those horrible year. Star Wars names like. Panda Babu or whatever his name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like, what? I just want to call it Baby Yoda. M yeah. Much like the the ineffable smell of a baby's head, which is the greatest smell on earth. It it, it like babies smell better than anything, but they only smell great for a very short period of time, and, and then they that smell goes away. And that this is our enjoyment period with Baby Yoda. <laughs> Not your Baby just... Yoda because you get to be a baby for like sixty years yeah. or something like that. But we just need to just like soak in this joy that's occurring because it's the worm's going to turn and we're all going to hate Baby Yoda. <laughs> but on the mock on the mock page, I tried to make a dead baby joke with Baby Yoda, and it went. I mean, I've never offended anybody on that page, and I've tried really hard. Well, never. I've offended Havens, but um, I've never offended anyone but Havens on that on that page, 
And like people, like I had to lock it down because I'm like, yeah, I went too far on this. I'm sorry about that. I Remember should've... a few months back, there was that whole meme where people were throwing slabs of cheese at their babies. Okay. It was like sticking <laughs> on their heads and people got really offended. Yeah. I'm shocked that there hasn't been a baby Yoda cheese meme. I think people have like forgotten about the whole baby cheese thing, even though it was only a few months ago. Yeah. Um, but you know, someone should get on that and make a baby Yoda version. Mm. All right. Well, this got pretty Gargan Largan. Uh, especially for this kind of episode. So, Ron, thank you for this awesome blog post. Everyone go read it. I mean, we just gave like a great introduction to the the unveiling of Yoda merchandise in the world. I mean, you can't do better than this. This is good work, Ron. This is this is this is why the archive Thanks. exists. As always, I'm patiently awaiting Steve's uh, big. Uh... Uh, the Rise of Skywalker review here once um, everybody else gets a chance to see it. Well, the, the funny uh, thing was because he got to go and see the the premiere, it was so exciting that he started interviewing himself about going to the movie while he was watching it. So he would be like, and so what was it like? Well, it was like, it's happening right now and his head exploded. It was very... Uh... <laughs> Oh yeah. I'm actually at the movies. I am the movies. I'm in the at the at the ah. <laughs> And that was that. <laughs>